Hi guys and welcome back to Word of Truth. So I pray you guys are blessed. We've made it to the end of 2020 guys. By the grace of God we have made it. So I pray that you guys are well. I pray that you're just really looking forward to what Abba has in store for you in 2020. His plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. You know, he is good. Every good gift comes from him above. And I really pray that, yeah, your eyes are just fixed on Jesus and looking forward, looking towards him knowing that he will work and is working all things together for the good of those who love him to the good of the cause. So I pray that you are trusted in that truth. But today we're going to be talking about how to walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. So I just really pray that you guys are blessed by this message. I know that I'm blessed by this message. Yeah, I just pray Abba will have his way and may he speak through me and may we all receive this word and as we go into 2020, maybe truly walk in the spirit as he desires us to do as sons of god so i'm going to begin by reading galatians 5 verses 16 down to the end of that chapter so it says this i say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would but if ye be led of the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envyings murders drunkenness revelings and such like of the which i tell you before as i have also told you in times past that you sh that as i also have told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another envying one another so we see a couple of things here about walking in the spirit the first thing we see is that if we walk in the spirit we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh so there are lusts of the flesh we have lust of the flesh and i'm going to talk about that a little bit later but when we walk in the spirit that's how we actually don't fulfill those lusts so we see the manifestations of those lusts the manifestations of the works of the spirit which were listed there things like adultery fornication all those things that begin essentially as desires begin as lust before they're manifested to as an outwork as a work that's manifested right and so when we walk in the spirit we won't fulfill those and we won't walk in the work, the works of the flesh and it says if we live in the spirit we let us also walk in the spirit so it's the scripture here also identified that there's a difference between living in a spirit and walking in, in a spirit. And that's what I want to begin by talking about. There is a difference between living in a spirit and walking in a spirit. Every child of God lives in a spirit. It's a position that we have in Christ. This is the way the Lord has revealed it to me in the sense that it's almost as to where do you live? Your home is your residency, it's where you essentially, it's where you reside, where you come back to. But walking is like, speaks of a way of life, speaks of the way in which you do things. So you might grow up in a certain household, so 
Thompson, I use my surname. Let's say, let's obviously that wasn't my that wasn't my childhood surname, but imagine you grew up in a Thompson household and there was a way a way in which you lived in this household. That's where you live. But when you go outside of that house, when you go and do your daily activities, when you go and do the things that you know have been assigned to you to do, do you walk in those ways or do you walk in the ways of another household? Do you walk in the ways of the spirit or do you walk in the ways of the other, another household? So there's a difference. Every child of God, as I said, we are all. We all live in the spirit, our position in Christ. When we get saved, we get placed into the body of Christ. Jesus Christ, he's a life-giving spirit. He is the life-giving spirit and we are in him. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Our life is hid in God, with, with God in Christ. In Christ, was it with God? I always mix that up. Let me quickly just find it. Colossians 3.3. 3. Our life is hid with Christ in God. So we are in the spirit, we live in the spirit. That's where we live. That's where our true life is, right? But how do we live? Do we also walk in the spirit? Walking, as I said, speaks of a way of life. And that way of life is a way that lives in freedom, a freedom from sin, a freedom to choose righteousness daily, a freedom to, so we get saved by grace, as the Bible tells us, we're saved by grace through faith. And the same way it says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, walking in a spirit is where as sons of God, we learn to work out that grace. We learn to appropriate that grace in our everyday life. We learn to, to draw on and utilize the grace that's been given to us to actually walk in a freedom freedom of living a righteous life the freedom to live the ways of the spirit the freedom to be led by the spirit i'm going to read romans 8 because that, that in chapter 5 in galatians 5 it did say as well that if you're led of the spirit you are not under the law and so we recognize that there's a difference between living in the spirit and walking in the spirit and in order to walk in the spirit we have to be led by the spirit that is the grace that we learn to walk in uh, Romans 8 I'm going to read verses 1 to 14 actually and it says this therefore there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit so here already we see there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus if you're in Christ Jesus you are it you live in the spirit right but then it says who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and as I said before all children of God are we're in we live in the spirit we're all in Christ but how we walk is a you know sons walk not after the flesh but after the spirit it's possible to be saved but to still walk after the flesh to still walk in a way the ways of the world to still walk because we haven't yet gone through that complete process we haven't yet been transformed by the renewing of our mind we haven't yet grown up into maturity where we're able to live in the freedom in the grace that we've been given as opposed to being uh in bondage to the flesh in the in our in our walk it being in a place of fear and trembling because we haven't been perfected in love right yet so verse two for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh god sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit again we're seeing that word walk for they that are after the flesh do mind the thing of the flesh but they that are after the spirit of the spirit again we're speaking of the mind that's why the bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind because we get saved doesn't necessarily we have the mind of christ we have all things 
what who what Christ has we have but it has to be appropriate we have to renew our mind so that our mind matches that of our spirit man our soul our soul mind matches that of our spirit man mind and that they become one so what is in us our inner man we're transformed daily day day to day and we you know our soul is the part that is being transformed our soul is the part that's going our mind our will and emotion the part that's going through that transformation and so when we're still thinking on fleshly things we're going to walk in the ways of the flesh but if we're minding things of the spirit we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind and we're going to mind the things of the spirit i'm not sure if i just said that right but if we're thinking of things of the flesh we're going to mind the things of the flesh if we're minding the things of the spirit we're going to mind walk in the ways of the, of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please god but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of god dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none his so here we're talking about again if you have the spirit of christ in you if you're say if your spirit has bared witness of his spirit that you're a child of god which i haven't got to that verse yet but i'm jumping ahead then you are in the spirit you live in the spirit but walking in the spirit is a next step if that makes sense is a outworking of living in the spirit is an outworking of the salvation that you've been given. It's a place of maturity that he wants us to get to. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the, because, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. So we are in debt to the spirit, we're in debt to God because he saved us. And so we're not supposed to, now because we're saved, we just go and live in, use that freedom to live in sin. That's not what we've been given it for. We use the freedom to walk in the righteousness that he's given to us. And so when you, you know, perfect love casts out all fear. You know, perfect love, when you're in a place of, of sonship, in a place where you are being perfected in love, where you understand you operate from a place of love. If you love me, you obey me, Jesus says, right? And so we're debtors. We recognise that I owe him my whole life. Everything I live, like Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. And so you live your life from a place of love, from a place of freedom, not out of compulsion. You live out of choice and not out of compulsion. The choice to obey him and not out of compulsion because it's love that drives you. It's his freedom that drives you verse 13 for if you live after the flesh you shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god so actually i wasn't going to read as far as um about your if our spirit bears witness about our spirit but in verse chapter 8 it does talk about that as well and so sons of god are led by the spirit of god and therefore they walk in the spirit not only do they live in the spirit but they also walk in the spirit and as i say often here at period international we're help we're here we're called to help raise five for ministers of sonship and so we speak about the protest of sonship a lot because that's what god's called us to to do and to to go through and to help to minister and to share with you know you guys so that we can all go through that process that the lord wants us to go through so that we can be sons of god so how can we teach the rest of the body to be sons of god if we ourselves don't go through that process and so walking in the spirit is a place of sonship it's a place of being led by the spirit it's a lifestyle a lifestyle of freedom a, f a freedom from fear of torment a freedom to live in righteousness a freedom to choose to say yes to god 
as he's leading us and guiding us it's not a place it's a place of grace and not a place of works it's a place of relationship with god where you're not doing things out of the letter of the law you do things out of a place of relationship and intimacy lord what should i do in a situation and allowing him to lead you in everything that you do and so i'm gonna talk i'm gonna share five keys or five tips or what, i don't know five points that can help us to walk in the spirit how do we how are we how can we be led by the spirit in our everyday how can we walk in the spirit not only just live there but also walk in the spirit how can we be led by him in every day? how can we do it from a place of grace because you mentioned to people if you say the words you know freedom from sin even though every believer understands that we've been saved by grace you know you know our manage has been changed i'm no longer well i don't say i'm no longer a sinner so there's some people that still believe that they're sinners once they're saved but to say to people that you know it's possible to walk in the spirit which is a place of not fulfilling the lust of the flesh which means that it's the bible's telling us that you can live in a place where you don't sin every day to say that to some people it's like no way jose that's impossible that's impossible and you know that's i guess that's already a that's already a stumbling block but the fact the bible says that if you walk in the spirit you won't fulfill of the lust of the flesh so i want to know how do you walk in the spirit because if that's the way that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh i cannot i can't live free from sin in my flesh it doesn't make any sense so the only way that i can not fulfill the lust of the flesh is to walk in the spirit and so how do i do that how am i going to be led by the spirit how am i gonna how do i cultivate that kind of relationship with god where he can lead me in such a way that i cannot fulfill the lust of the flesh so the first point is that you have to first of all acknowledge that you have a flesh that you have lust of the flesh because if you what is not acknowledged cannot be dealt with so if you if you believe or if you choose to deny that you have lust of the flesh in the first place then you're not going to be able to walk in the spirit because you won't be able to bring them to him and he won't be able to lead you to tell you what to do you have to so that's not even my first point guys i'm so sorry my first point it is that you have a flesh and that you have that you have lust of the flesh but it's actually to acknowledge that you're not but you're not your flesh that was a key part that i wanted to say if you believe that you are your flesh then you will think that because you have a lust of the flesh that you're automatically in sin but you're not your flesh you are not your flesh. Your old man, your old man died in Christ. You have been raised to a new life. So you have a new man. So you have to acknowledge that you have a flesh. You have lost of a flesh. That's your real enemy. But it's not you. It's not you. You have to acknowledge that it's not you. Until you acknowledge that, you're going to be in a place of bondage. You're going to be in a place of where you're 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 stuck because you think if I have a if I have a lust, if I have a desire, my flesh has a desire, then I have to. I'm already in sin, I have to give in to it, then you're not going to be able to walk in, in the freedom that God has for you. So Romans 7, I'm going to read verse Romans 7 from verse 20, verse 20 to 25, and it says this. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin you are not your flesh 
you are not your flesh you guess there's always going to be a war within as long as we're here in on the earth until we have been completely out you know we've got received our glorified body there's always going to be that war the flesh is enmity against god the spirit and the flesh are at war that's your that's our number one enemy our own flesh and so you, you have to acknowledge that your flesh is your enemy you are not your flesh though so having a desire having a fleshly desire and really by that because obviously even in the king james version it uses the word lust and it uses the word so the same the same word is translated whether it's a, i guess a godly desire or a desire and then a lust lust is usually used to mean a deceitful desire a desire that comes from your flesh right and so when it's a desire that's outside of the will of god a desire that you know is contrary to the spirit your spirit because your spirit is basically perfect wants what god wants but you have to acknowledge that there's a war you have to acknowledge that you are not your flesh just because your flesh has a desire doesn't mean that you're in sin you're not you're not in sin your flesh has a desire you have to acknowledge it you have to acknowledge but that's not me that's not the real me lord and then i want to talk about continue talking about that. i'm not sure if i'm jumping to point so you have to acknowledge it you have to acknowledge that you have a flesh you cannot just pretend that you don't have desires you cannot shove it underneath the carpet you cannot also think that it's you oh my gosh if i if my flesh has desire i'm automatically in sin because that's not true either the romans 8 verse 7 says this which i read already but i'm going to read it again because the carnal mind is enmity against god for it is not subject to the law of god neither can be our flesh can never submit to god i'm not sure which message i spoke about this prior i think it might be um the five stages of temptation so if you haven't seen that video i encourage you to check it out or listen to that message i encourage you to check it out but our flesh is never going to submit to God. That so we have the grace, the power, the authority over our flesh. We have the ability to mortify the deeds of our flesh, but we have to acknowledge them. If we don't acknowledge them, we can't deal with it. You can't deal with something that you deny, okay? Galatians 5 verse 17. Again, I've read it already, but I'm going to read it just to emphasize this point. Galatians 5 verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Your flesh is contrary, just point blank, but you have to realise it's not you. The real you is hidden in with God in Christ. I think I missed I think I said it the wrong way around again. Oh my goodness. With Christ in god your real life is hidden with christ in god right but your flesh will try to rear an ugly head it just will satan will utilize your flesh to try and tempt you to sin being tempted is not the same as sinning jesus was tempted at all points yet without sin it's about what you choose to do how you choose to act or not act on those desires on those lusts okay so having you have a flesh you have to acknowledge it you have to realize you're not your flesh you have to realize that because your flesh has a desire doesn't mean that you're in, you're in sin jesus did not sin he did not sin was he tempted yes you can only be tempted by something that you desire so your flesh has a desire jesus flesh had a desire too but jesus did not sin so that means it's possible to have a fleshy desire but not sin it's what you choose to do with it how you what you choose to mind and how you choose to respond so jesus walked in the spirit clearly because he didn't fulfill the lust of the flesh then my second point is you have to, like I said, you've, after, you've, once you've identified or acknowledged that you have a flesh, acknowledge the desire that you're realising is 
that's coming to the surface in whatever circumstance or opportunity that the enemy has presented before you, you then have to bring your false beliefs and carnal desires before Abba. I've already said this, you can't shove it underneath the carpet. So if you don't acknowledge, you can't bring it before Abba. If you deny, you can't deal with it. So you have to you have to acknowledge it and then you can bring it before Abba because how are you going to be led by the spirit if you don't present something to him to say what am I going what do I do about this what do I do about this Abba you have to be honest with him second Corinthians 10 verse 5 and it says this casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How are you going to bring every thought into the obedience of Christ if you deny that you have those thoughts? If you just say, I don't have those thoughts, I don't have those thoughts, no, no, I don't have those thoughts. You have to acknowledge you having a thought. Let's just say it's a lustful thought in terms of sexual lust. And if you just pretend that your flesh doesn't have a desire for a sexual encounter in a moment or whatever it is and your mind is wondering there if you don't bring it before the lord and say abba this is what i'm my flesh is it wants in this moment then you can actually bring it into captivity you know i once had a dream where i saw the spirit of false hope and i actually took it by its neck and was flying up to heaven to take it to abba and you know that is the scripture i guess in a what's it called a Alleg an allegoric picture for us take every thought captive imagine that spirit of false hope being a, a thought a, a, a anything that comes against the truth of christ anything that's not of god right and you'll literally take it captive and bring it before god bring it before god this is the thought that i'm my i'm experience i'm going i'm that's come being brought to me my flesh is trying to make me act on you bring it to god literally if you just pretend it's not there no no i can't see you i can't hear you no no you're not going to deal with it so you have to take the thought captive and um bring it into the obedience of christ but you take it captive you that means you have to acknowledge it you have to hold take it captive and so you can deal with it right this is what i'm dealing with present it before god this is what i'm dealing with quite honestly but so many of us don't deal with it and if you think of sexual temptation in sexual desires and lust in itself it's a massive area that the, the enemy has destroyed the church with especially leadership which caused so many of the believers to stumble so we have to learn to take every thought captive at thought level because if we don't do that we can't present it before god and he can't give us an instruction of what to do give us the truth in exchange okay so you have to bring your false beliefs and carnal desires before abba don't shove them on the under the carpet be honest don't pretend you're not experiencing something be honest with him because if you're not like i said if you don't if you don't you can't deal with something that you deny okay but once you bring it before abba that's when you can get his perspective on it that's when he can show you whether you're believing a lie he can show you whether you know why why you're feeling like this or you know the plan that he re reminds you of the good thing that he has for you in the right context because it, it there's different scenarios sometimes like i said before it can just be just playing right out and then sometimes it's just like the enemy wants to tempt you to have something quicker than abba wants you to have it and outside of the context abba wants you to have it etc which is usually what he does anyway but basically you once you've brought it before abba once you've taken it captive you bring it to him and you get his perspective on it okay i.e you renew your mind you get his perspective and his instruction and this is really being led by the spirit because once you've captured it and you say lord this is what i'm dealing with what do i do 
what do I need to do differently? What do I need to, what don't I believe? What do I need to change my mind on? Then you can be led to whether it means you need to obey, whether you need to repent and you change your way of thinking. I'm jumping ahead again. But basically you come and you renew your mind. As I said before, Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's read Matthew 4 verse 4. And it says this. But he answered, this is Jesus answering Satan in the, in the, in the wilderness he said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god being led by the spirit is to be to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god it's not just a place of because the holy ghost what he does for us is that he makes the he makes not abba's person and principles tangible and personal to us so some, not not sometimes, but you just go in and read in a scripture. You don't necessarily get a specific, unique way to do something for you. It's the Holy Ghost that has to lead you of how do you appropriate this in your life, okay? So obviously, you get Abba's, you understand Abba's, you're able to, we look, we read the scripture, we're able to understand Abba's person and principle, personal principles. But we have to also, to be led by him means that we have to say, okay, how do I appropriate this in my life? And that's where the relationship has to come in because otherwise you just end up living by the letter of the law and you won't experience grace and you won't experience freedom. And so once you bring it to Abba, you get his perspective and you get his instruction of what you personally are to do. What are you, per how are you personally supposed to act? What's the wisdom in the situation? What's the instruction? What's the solution for me on a personal level? And obviously it's always gonna fit within the remit, within the, the boundaries of scripture, which reveal his, like I said, his principles. But there's personal, we're not the same. Abba does not deal with us all the same. And so that's why when we get into religion, it can become, there's a one size fits all. And that's just not Abba. He's not like that at all. And so that's why a relationship is so important. And being led by the spirit is how you're going to walk in this. But otherwise you get stuck in walking by the letter of the law. And you're not going to experience the freedom and grace that will allow you to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Because if you're trying to do it in your flesh, you're going to fall in your flesh, right? So... 1st Corinthians 10 verse 16 I pray that this is blessing you guys I pray that it's coming across clearly and if it's not I pray that the Holy Ghost will make it clear in the name of Jesus 1st Corinthians 10 verse 13 and it says this there hath no temptation taking you such as is uncommon to man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it so the lord is faithful he will also make a way out for us and that's where we get his perspective and instruction he has a way out for each of us whether in a, a unique way you think of how how many stories in the bible where essentially the lord's done the same thing but in a different way healing people in a different way you know setting people free from prison in a different way so um you know rescuing people from slavery in a each time we rescued the children of Israel, he didn't do it the same way every time. And so he has his principles. We understand his person, but his way of doing it is going to be unique to you and your situation, which is why you have to have a relationship, which is why you have to bring those things before him to get his perspective and instruction so that you can act on it. That's what it means to be led. It means he takes your hand and he takes you in a direction specific that he wants you to go as opposed to you just think, this is what I think he wants me to do and I go and do it. Being led means that you are holding hands and someone's taking you by the hand in a, in a direction 
and they're going before you doing it so being led so once you have Abba's perspective once he's showed you you know whether you've believed something wrong what what you need to do in terms of a physical act that you need to do or solution that you need to implement you then have to choose to repent believe and obey the truth obey Abba and to keep it moving there's no place for condemnation we read in Romans 8 there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit if you are being led by the spirit that means you're walking after the spirit and that means there's no condemnation for you there's no place for condemnation if Abba reveals to you that you're believing a lie it's not a place of oh I believed a lie woe is me it's a place of okay Abba I'm sorry you keep it moving you don't let anything steal your relationship with him. You realise that your relationship with him is the most valuable thing. At no point are you going to go and hide and think, oh, I have fleshy lust, so therefore I'm, I'm a sinner. And the enemy would want you to separate from God, go and hide and try and cover yourself and do things yourself, which is what we see in the Garden of Eden. That's where you're trying to walk in your flesh, where you're trying to walk in self-righteousness, where you're trying to walk under the by the letter of the law but we're trying to but to walk by the spirit to walk in the spirit is a place of grace it's a place of freedom it's a place of relationship and so you you don't rely on yourself you realize i need you so the only person i'm going to come to is you so abba my flesh is feeling like this abba tells you okay this is what i want you to do this is what you're not believing this is you know xyz you believe abba you repent if necessary you obey him what he's telling you to do and you keep it moving you keep it moving hebrews 12 verse 1 says this wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us you know i was reading this verse it says the weight every way and the sin which doth so easily beset us you know i really believe condemnation and shame they are the biggest things that weigh us down, man. They weigh us down so much. And so if we choose that no matter what, we're not going to allow condemnation to rule. We're not going to allow shame to rule. Jesus, it says in the next verse, despising the shame, despising the shame. Choose to despise the shame. Choose to despise the condemnation that the enemy will try to bring. You are not your flesh. You are not your flesh. And even in the even in the, in the instance where you have acted on the loss of the flesh, where you have, you know, made a choice a wrong choice or you have yeah allowed um your your, your yourself to make a choice based on that of your flesh in a moment you repent you keep it moving you don't allow condemnation to still your relationship with god you don't allow condemnation to weigh you down okay um john 8 verse i'm gonna read john 8 john 8 verses 31 and 32 and it says this then said jesus to those jews which believed on him if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth makes you free. Jesus is the truth. Your relationship with him, he makes you free. You shall know him, your intimacy with him, and he himself will set you free. Allow that to be the thing that you are led by. Allow his, him to be the one that leads you. If you continue in my word, and it says every word that proceeded from the mouth of God, you know, we have to continue to go to him in everything and choose to believe him, repent, obey, and keep it moving. Don't allow condemnation to weigh us down. Don't allow it to make us stop. It's a weight. When something's so heavy, condemnation becomes such a heavy weight, it will stop you from moving forward. And that's what Satan wants. 
and we can't allow that we have to be resolved that no matter what i'm not going to just allow condemnation to choke me and to squash me and to weigh me down to that i stop i'm going to continue in his word i'm going to continue my relationship with him and i'm going to know the truth i'm going to know him that's intimacy and he is going to set me free he's going to set me free he's going to set me free he's given me the freedom that to to be a son of god he's given me a freedom to walk in to walk in righteousness you know to not to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh and so the last point that I've got here is actually to confess your faults to one another and and or to share your testimony. And so usually you're able to share, you're usually able to share your faults when you, once you've already, if you've been honest with God and you, God has taken you through the, the, the four, that four little stages that I've just mentioned already, where you've been able to bring, you've acknowledged your you acknowledge your faults, but you've gone through this little this thing on a personal level with God. That's usually when you're able to confess your faults to one another. And, you know, sometimes you can be like, I just want to deal with it with just me and God and we've dealt with it. But there's always, the enemy still tries to use it. It's like as if you're, you're ashamed, that's why you're not sharing. Or, you know, it's a secret, that's why you're not sharing. But, you know, there's a freedom that comes when we confess our faults to one another. There's a freedom that comes. The enemy has nothing to use against us. And, you know, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. So, you know, in you have when you have a loving family in Christ and you're able to share the things that the Lord has taken you through, the, the thing that you believe that was false, you know, the desires that your flesh was experiencing in the moment and realising, because they should be able to know you according to the Spirit too, that your flesh is not you. We all have a flesh. We all are at war with our flesh, right? But that you've been able to overcome by the grace of god even if that overcoming means that you know you might have made a mistake and you've had to repent or whether it's just a case of you realize that you have a false belief and you had a desire and a temptation was there but you didn't actually succumb to the temptation then they can rejoice with you too and so you know we overcome him the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so when we share you know the, our faults share our flesh weaknesses share these things with one another we give other people the freedom to recognize that raw i can also have this relationship with God. I can also be dishonest with God. I can also recognize that I'm not my flesh, you know? And so it gives each other the freedom to continue in his word, continue in relationship with him, continue to be led by the spirit. Let me just read 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. And it says this, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, and in, persecu in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong then am i strong we can think oh walking in the spirit that means i need to be strong walking in the spirit that means that i need to have it all on point that means for people that don't understand my london language that means you know you've got it all together you're in control you don't struggle you don't have any temptation we can think this is what it means to walk in the spirit we can think that walking in the spirit means that i'm just i'm just you know on cloud nine all the time experiencing the tangible presence all the time i'm just in a place of singing to god all the time and on a daily basis of life that's just not life walking in the spirit has nothing to do with that you know what experiencing the tangible presence of god that's it's it's beautiful we all love it the experiences that we have with god they are beautiful but it's been it's our relationship with him and being led by him which means that we have to acknowledge our weaknesses that's where his strength is made perfect 
And so we glory in our infirmities and our weaknesses, not to say, oh, I'm so great. But when you realize I have a flesh, I have a real enemy at war inside me. I really do. And so I need your grace. Your grace is what I need. It's not I can do this. I can do this by myself, which is where self-righteousness self can creep in and where religion can creep in. And so we have to, we when we glory, when we choose to acknowledge our weaknesses, bring them before God, recognize that, you know, right now, my flesh is really talking to me. <laughs> my flesh is really talking to me. Lord, this is what my flesh is saying. And when you're able to confess that to one another, it allows the grace of God, his strength to be made perfect in you. And so walking in a spirit is not about being strong. It's about actually recognizing your absolute dire need for him and your reliance on him daily so that he leads you in everything that you do. And that's when you're gonna walk in a spirit because you recognize, I have a real flesh, but guess what? His grace is sufficient. And if you don't acknowledge that his grace is sufficient, then you're not gonna be able to draw on his grace because you don't think that you don't have the level of weaknesses that you think you have. But when you acknowledge them, then you can bring them before you, before him, and his strength, his grace is able to make us strong. That's what makes us strong. We cannot walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh in our own strength. It's impossible. But by his grace, all, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. So I really pray that this is best, you guys. You know, walking in the spirit, it's what Apple wants for us. It's a place of maturity, a place of sonship, a place of intimacy, a place of freedom a place of freedom and i pray that we're walking that freedom in 2021 it's not and beyond it's not a place of being strong it's a place of actually being weak and allowing his strength to perfect us it's a place of acknowledging that you have a real fight going on on a daily basis so we don't get to just switch off and be like oh i'm good now you know the bible talks about um when you when you think you're standing strong be careful because that's basically when you'll fall pride comes before a fall so when we pride that thinks you don't have a flesh that you don't have any fleshy desires that's when it, you, you will literally find yourself falling flat on your face when you think you can handle all the things you can't handle when you're like lord i'm struggling i can't handle this and you're able to be honest with him able to get his perspective able to change renew your mind according to what he's saying be obedient according to what he's saying confess your faults your weaknesses and share your testimony with one another you're going to experience such a breakthrough such freedom in your everyday life it's not a one-time thing you know it's not a one-time thing it's a walk a lifestyle so i really pray that this message has blessed you guys you know, I, I encourage you to save this message somewhere so that you can come back. Because like I said, walking in the spirit is not a one-time thing. It's not like, oh yeah, I heard that message. Oh yeah, I walked in the spirit that one day. It's a lifestyle. It's a constant thing that we are constantly going from glory to glory in. So I pray that this blesses you. I pray that you will have a beautifully blessed, abundant, prosperous, and just spirit, fruit of the spirit for 2021. Stay blessed, guys, and I will see you next time on a word of truth bye guys